0: Will it be a cold morning on February the 1st? Oh, I hope so. <laughs> the Plunge for Hunger, once again, is coming up at Lauder Park, and we're joined by three folks here to talk about it, including Cupid, Ray Aramini. I'll bet you Alex and Sean don't know about that. Alex Wright, who is on the current Eastern Connecticut State University rugby team, and Sean DeVliger, who is a rugby team alum, and they're involved in the Plunge for Hunger. Gents, good morning. Thanks for coming in today. And well, Mr. Aramini, I think you should start things off by explaining to the vast North American listening audience, what exactly is the Plunge for Hunger?
1: Well, good morning, Wayne. Plunge for Hunger kind of came about by accident. Um, In 2012, we had two young men on the team that did a bike charity ride from Washington, D.C. to the soup kitchen in order to raise money for Covenant Soup Kitchen. Um, We were trying to raise money for them uh, to support their expenses. And about 30 people were down at Lauder Park and jumped in the water, had a great time as a a fundraiser. And afterwards, the president of the rugby team, uh, his nickname was Donkey, came over and said, we have got to do this again next year. And I said, why? He said, look it. He said, this is, this is great. Everyone's here because they want to be here. This is just a real, real strong showing, he said, and it's all profit. And so that's how it got born. And so the next year, the first Friday, or the fr- I'm sorry, the first Saturday in February, that's when we really ramped it up.
0: So he had the first idea to jump in a river in February?
1: He didn't have the idea, um, but he certainly threw it into motion.
2: Alex, what's your <clears> role <throat> in the Plunge for Hunger? Uh, I just recently joined the team and so I'm uh, actually a um, the vice president or uh, treasurer uh, recently just dropped off but I just work with Ray, help him with whatever he needs and just kinda help move things forward, advertise, raise money and then the day comes and I get to go jump in the river. Have you done it before? Yes, I did it once before last year.
0: Let's hear about that. What was it like?
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Definitely a pretty incredible first-time experience. Um, You get to show up, and it was was mid-20s. I uh, (gasps) was not given a full outfit, so I ended up with (laughs) rugby shorts, and that's about it. So just got to, I mean, there was people in dresses and hooter outfits and uh, whatever else apparel they could possibly find. (laughs) It was a real just random showing of the personalities <laughs> that we knew about this team.
0: Sean, you've done this before. Did you have an outfit to share with us this morning? Uh, I've had uh, quite a few
3: outfits. <coughs> I've had, uh, let's see, a, a pirate outfit one year. I've had uh, a hula dress last year and then... Uh, no, you were Team, oh, team, lemon, oh, last we were team mm-hmm. lemon last year. you were Team Lemon last year, that's right. Yeah. Team, so we had what was that,
0: Team, team Lemon? Team
3: Lemon. We had um, some nice short shorts on <laughs> and we had uh, one of our Teammates, Lemon, or he's an alumni now, we had his face pasted right across our chest. It was beautiful.
1: On top of a fish. Uh, on on yeah. top of a fish. Uh, so
3: <laughs> Something you really can't forget if you, if you see it. Um, but, no, it's always a great time, uh, always a great way to get together
0: with former and current players and to raise money for a great cause. Ray, you go back to year one with this. Did you ever imagine it would explode into the
1: big event it has become? No. Um, no, not at all. Uh, I've known you for a long time, Wayne, and as you probably know I'm not really short on words, but the day of the event, you, I'll stand at the bottom of the hill at the park and you'll see a couple volunteers, you know, Sean and the crew will come they'll start to set up, and then a couple more, and then 10 more, and then 20 more, and you know, at the end of at the end of the morning, you're just watching these people pour onto the beaches, and it's teams teams from town, teams from out of town uh, attorneys, uh, doctors, um, people that are all dressed in different costumes. DCF has a huge contingency, um, most in costumes, most in uh, crazy apparel, and just there because they want to be there. And it's it's very humbling to see the support, not only for this event, but the reality that this event is what's supporting those that are having trouble making, making ends meet.
0: Sean, what's the attraction of jumping in a river in the middle of winter?
3: Part of it's getting to say that you actually did it, but uh, I think really what it comes down to is everyone coming together, and it's been incredible to see, you know, over the years how much that has actually grown. I remember last year you couldn't find parking maybe a half hour even before the event started. Um, So I think really just coming together, raising money, and doing it in a fun and entertaining way is is really the uh, big draw there.
0: Alex, what's the mindset for the few minutes before you actually get wet? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> are you nervous? Is it adrenaline? What, what's the... Are you saying, what think, am I doing here?
2: I think it's a little mix of all three. Um, The first, like, those few minutes are truly the worst, because right before that, you're still bundled up, and you have your six layers of clothes on, and you're not frozen. And then everyone just kind of starts hyping each other up, and all of a sudden, like, everyone starts getting into and demonstrating their their outfits, and, you know, you can't demonstrate wearing a dress or this really skin-tight suit. In a full winter jacket. So everyone starts just kind of like like gang-ready and gang-excited. And so everyone gets down to the bare minimum. And then they're just kind of sitting there jumping around waiting to for someone to just tell them to go jump in the water. But they usually have to wait a little bit longer than they want.
0: Now, I think <laughs> most of our listeners can identify with going to Musquamacut Memorial Day weekend. And you hit the water when it's still cold in may and even in june and when you first get in it's cold and then you're in for a while and then your body gets used to it you're okay is this an extreme case of that? Does your body ever get used to how cold it is in the water in Lauder Park at Natchaug River in February?
3: I'm, you might be concerned if, if you get used to it with it being that cold. Uh,
1: I mean, there's definitely
2: a few people. Hey, I never do it again. I right? swam across last year. It wasn't yeah. that bad. You went all the way across the bank to the other side. All the way across. Oh. First one to do it. Idiots. Sean, <laughs> you didn't do that. Uh, not last year. I did it my very first year,
3: and uh, after that, I decided never again.
0: <laughs> Tell me about the mindset for you, Sean. How does it compare and contrast to your mindset the moment before a big rugby rugby match?
3: I mean, I think you're hyping yourself up the same way you would for a rugby match, and you have all the other guys there, obviously hyping themselves up. And it's uh, it's a pretty cool experience. You definitely get the adrenaline rush when you hit the water, uh, and it doesn't stop until you know even after you're out.
0: Now, Ray, this has for years benefited the Covenant Soup Kitchen. How does it benefit the Covenant Soup Kitchen?
1: Well, it, it, all proceeds are, that are raised go to the kitchen. Um, and that <coughs> those proceeds can come into the kitchen in a, in a variety of different ways. We have uh, corporate sponsorships, we have team sponsorships, and we have people that are just giving flat donations online. Um, I mean, I look at the likes of, like, I'm just going to pick this medical pharmacy. Chad Wulch and and that group of people Came on board last year. They just said this is something we want to be involved in, and they dressed in all pink with pink ears, pink bathrobes, pink bathing suits, pink shoes, the whole deal. And they showed up, and the first thing that they said when they got out of the water and they're looking at each other like, man, that was stupid, is well, next year what we're going to do is this, and so that is that is the drive, is that they, they, it's kind of a a perpetuating uh, cycle that people. Like like Sean, Sean. This is year five, I think, for six. Sean, or six. Um, we have people that will wear the same outfits year after year. We have other people. I was told that someone's going to dress as Stonehenge this year. I don't know <laughs> how, what that's even going to look like, but we'll we'll see. About a big rock. I guess I don't know. It's going to go. Pickles dressed as a pickle last year. I was a kid on the rugby team dressed as a pickle. It's made of sponge, and he couldn't understand why he sunk. <laughs> just just like come on, Come on, let's go. Um... <laughs> but we have we have uh, like I said, businesses, individuals, and, and corporate. But it's it's the ten dollars donations um, that sustain us. Those are the ones, I, you know, to have people that say, "Listen, this is what I can do." And to have that coupled with the match grant that the um, Jeffrey P. Austin Family Foundation has has made is, is overwhelming. It, it's a game changer. What is the Austin Foundation and how have they gotten involved? Eileen Austin is, uh, is the, I guess she's the director or chair of the Jeffrey P. Austin Family Foundation. Um, I approached them now six years ago um, and we arrived at doing a challenge grant where for every dollar and this year up to $50,000 will be matched. So. Alex says to Sean, hey, are you, you interested in sponsoring me for the plunge? And Alex says, yeah. Uh, and he says, you know, I'll sponsor you $20 and says, oh, well, well, it's matched. You're far more likely to donate more. Had that happened last week where a guy was going to donate $100, he found out about the match and it became 200 And then that 200 became 400 So it, it adds, it, her support of this event made the event catch fire.
0: So now that we've inspired people to jump on the river in the middle of winter, how do they do it? How do you sign up for the plunge for hunger?
1: Go to covenantsoupkitchen.org, and you'll see a great video of the rugby team uh, practicing running into the river, which is just really good. Um, but download a pledge sheet, and you can. It has the parameters surrounding the pledge sheet. There, uh, it's. Um, but it it gives time, date, expectation, what you need to do, and how to collect money. But the easiest way is go to org.
0: I would like a little bit of a theater of the mind. Guys, you can do this on what the day is like. What the atmosphere is like at Lauder Park. Is it like, Alex, a party atmosphere?
2: Um... It's pretty close to it. There's a lot of just excitement. It's a lot of people just being able to, you know, be there with your friends, with the team, um, just anyone else who's in the area. It's just everyone coming together in this big moment for just celebrating what we're all there working hard to do.
0: And then, Sean, at noon, what's the cue for people to hop on the river? (laughs) Is it a gun going off, a horn, does somebody scream? What's the cue?
3: Usually we have Ray with a uh, a bullhorn and an air horn as well. So when that air horn goes off, everyone jumps in at least once, sometimes maybe twice, depending on how brave you are. But uh, yeah, everyone goes in and has a great time.
0: Twice. You mean someone actually goes on the Natchawg River, comes out in the middle of winter, and then goes back in the river
2: Yes. Uh, Uh, Surprisingly, surprisingly, yes. Some people think that's the best idea. Has
0: anyone (laughs) currently sitting in this studio done it twice on the same
2: day? I have not. I have not. I only went across.
1: (laughs) Yes, last year I did. Um, but it was because Pickles was starting to go under. <laughs> but it wasn't on purpose. You had to go save <laughs> yeah, somebody's a, life? Yeah, but oddly enough, Steve Pace is the one that beat me to him. I'm so surprised Steve just didn't drown him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: By the way, from the uh, health standpoint here, you do have uh, EMTs and those people. Oh, there. yeah. Um, In case something does happen to go wrong. Oh,
1: that's, I think that's a snapshot of the town. Mark, Mark Scrivener um, went to, I think he went to one of, the earlier plunges and said, yeah, we're going we're gonna to get involved in this. And they send down the, the water rescue team, and they're in the river ready to go. So it's a very, it's a, not only a fun event, but a safe event.
0: Yeah, what costumes are they wearing?
1: Uh, just whatever <laughs> you wear there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> does, does, the, the,
1: does the chief actually go
0: in? Like Yes, every year, every
1: year. And you, you go in the water too. I didn't go the first year um, because I really had no idea how this was going to play out. Um, but every year after that, yes. So it's not do as I say, not as I do. You, 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 you walk the walk and talk the talk. Swim the swim. Yeah.
0: So what's the crowd? How many people show up for this event?
1: It's tough to get a handle on the number of people. I know that we're tapping around at 300 plungers. And I would say between four and 500 people on the beach watching. It's, it's tough to get a handle. There's, as you come down the hill, there's only one point of entry. Um, and we have several people there that are directing people to the waiver table and to the registration table. And if you're not going to register, you go right onto the beach. But if you are, you turn in your form, you sign your waiver, and you receive a wristband. Um, and you get your wristband, and that indicates that you've signed the waiver and that you're ready to go. Um, and people check you off as you're getting onto the beach. And then, then you. We say noon. It rarely happens at noon. It's usually a like quarter after, because because as Sean had said, the parking is a real bear. And we have people parking cars, and it's still that crowded.
0: Uh, yeah, bear because of all the people. are there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just overflows the parking capacity of of Lauder
1: Park. And, the, and this year, uh, for the first time, we just we've decided that we're going to have porta potties um, because people that you know, you're you're, it's the middle of the winter. The restroom facilities at Lauder Park are long since shut off, and so we're going to have uh, porta potties in the parking lot.
0: That's good. That's better than doing it in the river.
1: <laughs> Cur- yep. Right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so that now,
0: see how my head works here. And I presume this event goes on rain, snow, or shine. What do you do if there's a foot of snow falling that day?
3: Uh, this happened, how many years ago was that? That was, I think, your first. Well, a couple years ago we had that happen, and we actually had to uh, take snowblowers, shovels, <laughs> and we had a whole crew uh, the day before going through
1: there, uh, breaking up ice that was on the river if it was there. Snuvel, or shovelling snow, so it was quite an affair but but again, it's evolved past that where you know Scott Claremont, the superintendent of the town scott Scott said, What can we do to help and so the parking lots are taken care of, and they've since plowed the beach, but breaking up the river ice was one year was. Boy, that was a terrible joke.
0: <laughs> Alex, do you almost root for cold weather? I mean, this thing becomes more of a, an accomplishment when it's really cold. What I mean, but if you, I know the w- river is going to be about the same temperature, but, you know, if you get a day like, well, like yesterday was 41 degrees, that's that's chump change for an event like this, isn't it?
2: Oh, uh, absolutely. I mean, you definitely don't wish for any winds because that just makes it even worse <laughs> when you get out. But, um, I mean, yeah, the colder the better at this point. You might as well just keep on being numb. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Can I get you guys, Sean, first, <laughs> talking about the Covenant Soup Kitchen and the involvement that the Eastern rugby team has had, thanks in part to this guy here, Ray Armini, but what you've seen, what you've learned, what you do for the Covenant Soup Kitchen.
3: It's been incredible. You know, we started off, uh, we would go there Fridays a couple of years back, and we would help serve food on Fridays, help prepare food, uh, and then it kind of evolved, too, to even have the Shabu concerts as well, and uh, doing really anything we can to help, help out with the soup kitchen, whether that's coming in and doing some extra cleaning, doing some uh, renovation here and there, picking up garbage, so anything we can do to help the uh, Covenant Soup Kitchen in the town of Willimantic, we always try and hop on board with.
0: And you talked about the Shabu concerts. Explain how the Eastern Rugby team is so involved in those concerts now at the Shabu stage.
3: Yeah, so now that we have the Shabu stage, it, it makes it even better. One, we don't have to set up uh, stages and uh, get that going every year so we can really focus on putting on the event and making sure that we have you know as many people as possible the best vendors uh, and really throwing on quite a quite a big
0: performance for the uh, town and i remember a couple years ago i think it's before the Shabu stage the day the temptations were here there was some pretty good rain in the morning. You guys had to slop it around pretty good, didn't yep. you?
3: We had some tents flying over. We had uh, quite a bit of rain. It was, it was great, though, because at the end of that, the sun came out, and everyone's, everyone dried out for the most part by the end of the day, but it was a blast.
0: They didn't see how grungy it was down there in the morning when you guys were helping clean things up and set things up as well. It was a mud pit. Was- Alex, what's your involvement and observations on the Covenant Soup Kitchen?
2: Um. Again, I've only been here for two years, but it's just, it's an incredible experience to be a part of. I mean, uh, everything that Ray's done, being able to, you know, be a part of this town and be able to help people and see that your actions pay off and uh, truly influence other people's lives is an, an incredible experience to have. And so being able to just work with them and volunteer my time is just, it's, it pays off.
0: Ray, how much money was raised last year?
1: From the plunge? No. Yeah. We raised about 83000 so that's an incredible
0: amount of money. It is.
1: Um, and it I think what staggers me is the fact that you you see a number like that but I always tend to break it down as how many days will that keep the kitchen open, how many miles will that feed, how will that how will that change and I I I tend to be the point person with this but the the team is the one that is the sustainer. They're the ones that are that are the muscle the power I mean we had for the concerts this summer we had alumni in current we had 50 guys and and then and you know many of them brought their girlfriends and their wives now um per concert so you're able to you know not only not only give back to the kitchen and give back to the town but you're able you're able to to bond as a team and and form this form this very very unique experience do you set
0: a fundraising goal, for example, is your goal this year to top the eighty three thousand of last year?
1: Um, the The goal sure, I mean it's it's all profit because because this is a very pure event. We don't have the overhead. well, we have a direct mailing that we do and the porta potties. So that's it. No one's making a salary off this. No one's making any money off of this. It's kind of like a a Bruce John type deal where. This is just, this is for the town, a David Foster deal, this is for the, this is for those that are in need.
0: All right, guys, Alex, how does the icy plunge and the plunge for hunger compare to a Monday or Wednesday conditioning practice with (laughs) Eastern Rugby?
2: Uh, Well, the adrenaline rush is probably about the same. Um... I think the running from the practices is usually just a tiny bit worse. I mean, the plunge usually lasts, you know, five minutes, ten minutes tops. Uh, Those those (laughs) Monday, Wednesday practices can go anywhere from two to three and a half hours. I think last year we ended up with a four-hour practice at one point. Started at seven, got out at like (laughs) twelve, twelve thirty. It's yeah, it's not a great time, but. You know, at the end of the day, I, and both of them, you really enjoy the experience. It's always fun being there, so you always got to go back.
0: Sean,
3: you're witness. Um, yeah, I, I'd have to agree. The adrenaline rush is definitely there. Uh, maybe a bit of the cold, too, when you get sweating and uh, you got the cold breeze going. So uh, it's, a,
0: it's a good way to prep for it. When you do the plunge and you jump in once, sometimes twice, and some people swim across the river, whatever the case is, and you get back on the shore, how do you warm up? And how long does it take to get back to normal body temperature?
3: I truly don't think you warm up until you hop in a, in a hot shower. Um, everyone tries to, you know, throw their towels down, throw down any of the clothes they have so they're not stepping on the cold sand and you know, get dressed as fast as you can. <laughs> it's really I, the only I, don't,
1: I don't share that, man. I, I just found that if you're wearing a pair of shoes, if you're wearing a pair of cheap shoes, you're fine. It, it's your feet are like bricks if you're not. You're going to... Pay a dear, dear price. Well, you got to change your shoes. You well, gotta no, you shoes. can. Well, you have dry <laughs> shoes, but the the pain of not having shoes coming out of that uh, water. Oh, is, you got to have shoes coming out of that water. Yeah, you got to have <laughs> dry shoes.
0: Alex, how do you guys raise money for this event?
2: Um, I, and there's a lot of different options. I know quite a few guys just you know talk to family, friends. They go to their job and ask about it. Um, I, and there's a few people I know that are going to be uh, sitting out in front of different stores, or wherever else they're advertising in their hometown, asking people to donate. So there's just plenty- there's plenty of options,
0: Sean, you're an alum of Eastern rugby. Do a lot of alumni guys come out to this event?
2: Yeah,
3: and I think that's really one of the things that makes it so special is you're really having the alumni there really shows the current players you know kind of what this the legacy of the plunge is, and you know that they can keep coming back year after year and really making an impact and also
1: having an amazing time with family it it's like a it's like a mini alumni day you know last year we had. Just about a hundred current and former players there, and you know, all jumping in the water. Most of most of them didn't play together. You know, you have someone like Freddie or Penguin, and, and and brand new brand new guys that are coming out, and they, you know, Vada, They're setting a bar. They're saying that this is this is what you need to do.
0: They've all got nicknames. Alex, what's your nickname?
1: Uh, I am I am Mr. Clean.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sean, what was your nickname when you were a player? Uh, it was Deep. Is there a story behind that? <laughs> nope. <laughs> no story. Nope. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Ray, tell people again. Uh, they got themselves little under two weeks to sign up for the Plunge for Hunger.
1: How do they do it? Go to the website, CovenantSoupKitchen.org, and look for the polar bear, and you can click on the um, Download a Pledge Sheet. Um, the Pledge Sheet will explain everything there. You can watch the video that's online of the gentleman practicing, the players practicing the plunge. Mm-hmm. And if uh, you can't make the event, you can certainly click on the Donate button and support that way.
0: Good point. You can give without jumping in the water and getting nippy. The Plunge for Hunger is February the 1st, that's a Saturday around noon at Lauder Park, and that was Ray Aramini from the Eastern Connecticut State University rugby team, along with the rugby team alum, Sean Devliger, and also from the current team, Alex Wright. Guys, great job today. and. Uh, Hope you don't stay warm on February the 1st. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. What it's all about, yeah, thank right? You. Thanks, it's Mike. Getting cold. 14 WILI, at 95.3 FM.